Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. State Farm is committed to being your top choice when ensuring the things that matter to you. My Cultura podcast host, Dramos, also believes in the power of financial knowledge. That's why he makes sure to share his financial tips on his podcast, Life as a Gringo. We all deserve to be living the life that we want to live. But how do we do it in a responsible way that we know we can afford it? For me, if I have to buy it on a credit card, if I can't pay that card at the end of the month, I can't afford it. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at es.statefarm.com. State Farm is a proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. We're the 27th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars select... Anton Harrison, tackle, Oklahoma. Welcome into the Jags Reporters Podcast Draft Edition Day One, presented by Cadillac. JP Shadrick, John Osier, Kai Stevens. The Jaguars have a selection in the first round. Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. It took a couple of trades to get there, though. The Jags had the 24th pick. They moved back to 25 and gained two picks. Well, they didn't make that pick. They moved back two more picks to 27, added another pick. So 12 total picks for the weekend. They made one of those in the first round at 27. They've added a tackle, Kai. And here we go. We talked about it a lot of the day on different shows this afternoon. The Cam Robinson story came out this morning. But the Jaguars have known about that for weeks, and it's been built into their preparation already. It's not like they changed the board today, but the tackle's the pick, and it's a, both a short-term and a long-term answer for this team. Yeah, I mean, we found out about the Cam Robinson thing today, or the public did, but that was something we noted that, that they were going to be targeting that position anyway, trying to add some depth there because they lost Juwan Taylor in the offseason. And, you know, even with injuries, at times you need extra backup there. And, of course, above all else, protect Trevor Lawrence. So we knew they were going to do that. I wasn't super familiar with that name. I know we had talked about some other possibilities, but a bunch went off the board early. So they were able to get their guy even with trading back twice. He was, by many, considered sort of the last guy uh, out of a bunch of good tackles who come in and play right away. Um, I, I do believe that this was a pick not made about Cam Robinson, uh, mainly because of a theme that I was harping on uh, throughout the offseason. They learned so much of an example of why you need a good swing tackle last year when Cam Robinson got hurt. Uh, and I believe this team has a philosophy that you need seven good offensive linemen. Uh, no knock on Josh Wells, who will be a good veteran, but you, with the drafting of Harrison, you now fill that big-time first-round tackle, second-round tackle, second-round tackle, meaning uh, Cam and uh, Walker Little, both second-round picks, and on Harrison, a first-round pick. You have premium equity at those three offensive tackle positions, and then you also, uh, JP, as we talked about in an earlier show, Cam's contract situation after the 2023 season uh, is very dicey whether he's back or not. So you continue to draft first round with the idea that he will be really, really good in his second year when Walker Little's in his fourth year. 
feels like that could be the tackle combination in 2024. Yeah, we'll see what happens down the line. Obviously, you mentioned Cam Robinson. The dead money uh, going you know, in, in the 24 season is like $5 million bucks or something right. compared to what it is now. It's a, a big jump down. And we'll see how his uh, level of play is as well. It might be a moot point. Maybe Cam plays well and they get mm-hmm. him again and do all, the, all that. But uh, – now they have an insurance policy of sorts with Anton Harris. And, and I think, too, uh, something Trent mentioned very briefly at the top of the press conference, uh, Trent Balky, he sort of threw it out there. He can also play guard. You could easily see a scenario where it's Harrison and uh, Walker Little for the first six games, Cam Robinson comes back, and then all of a sudden Anton Harrison still fits into their best five somewhere. So, again, a short-term uh, value – with a lot of long-term uh, roster builds, uh, positiveness to it, if you will, for the Jaguars tonight. We'll look forward to the press conference whenever that is coming up on Friday. We haven't heard an official time as we record this. I guess it is Friday already when we record this. It's almost 1 a.m. We haven't heard an official time, but we'll look forward to hearing from him a little bit later. I'm Kai, crazy at the top of the draft tonight in the AFC South. Obviously, the Houston Texans go with C.J. Stroud. And then they double up and trade up to the number three pick right after it and get Will Anderson Jr. Anthony Richardson goes at number four to Indy. And then Peter Skaronsky to Tennessee at number 11, the offensive lineman. That is a lot of AFC South business. That's what you like to see, right? Desperation out of your opponents. They want to compete so bad that they're trading up. They're doing all these crazy moves because they know the Jaguars have their core returning, what they are capable of doing, and they want to compete against them. Obviously, Anthony Richardson, a lot of Gators fans are here tonight. That will be really interesting to see what he's able to do in Indianapolis just because it's been such a limited amount of college games that we've seen him play in. But Houston really going for it. I think that's the right move for them. Obviously, you need to get a quarterback in place. They really want to get um, the edge there as well and I just I think they're doing the right things but as a Jags fan you have to be happy to see other people trying to compete with you for once you're not trying to catch up to them they're trying to catch up to you well it's going to be a fascinating year because um, generally speaking even highly drafted rookie quarterbacks we saw it uh, with Trevor Lawrence in 2021 generally speaking those guys aren't going to make huge impact where all of a sudden they are getting traction on the division leaders in the first year and then how good really are these guys? You know, I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of this quarterback class. It always felt to me like you had a lot of guys that teams hope will be very good without a lot of, uh, there's no guarantees, but you guys know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. without a whole lot of, okay, this is a dead solid lock generational guy. Felt to me like a year where quarterbacks got pushed up. So we'll see on that front. Usually when teams make these big pushes, like the Texans having the second and third pick, History tells us that usually both of them don't work out, you know, and who knows, usually splash on draft day like that somewhere along the line doesn't quite work out. So if you're a Jags fan, you're hoping I'm right on that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, true. that's absolutely true. And one note on that, the Texans did trade a first round pick next year. It is their first round pick next year, not the pick they got from the Browns in the Watson deal. So they still have another first round pick in their pocket in 2024 they've had they've got some picks to deal with let's put it that way it was interesting that tennessee didn't go quarterback though you know i think because uh levis was sitting there yeah uh so the texans last year remember sort of waited to address quarterback in their quote build i don't i don't think as much as people in jacksonville want to discount tennessee 
Tennessee's not a franchise that assumes they rebuild. I mean, for Tennessee, if you're Tennessee, you're thinking, without a fumble out here, we're in the playoffs last year. Yeah, we're, we're, so yeah that's right. They don't really view themselves that way. Uh, so are they waiting a year to get their quarterback, or are they saying, hey, we don't need a quarterback. We can not go after this thing now as long as we, as long as we protect uh, Tannehill. So uh, that was a thought I had at that moment. I'm just sharing some thoughts with you, JP. It's that time of night, <laughs> right. I suppose, Kai, to share some thoughts. By the way, you shared a thought with us on Happy Hour this week, Kai. I wasn't going to rub it in your face. But well, you didn't did quite get say, it all the way true. But I should have doubled down the first time and been like, they're going to trade back twice. Oh, you said trade out. I said when, trade back to get more picks. You said trade out, didn't you? I don't know. We got to go to the tape. We'll go at to some the tape. Point, we'll check. Figure it out. There's a little, you know, we got to figure that out. All right. But either way, I'll give you credit okay. because Kai's taking a win and JP's I'm taking not giving the win. I'm taking it. All right. I don't care. Hey, you know what? You called something <laughs> close to this all and right. it worked out twice. All right. We'll call so it. So we'll win. give yes. that to you. All right. I mean, this is what you want to see out of your team when they're successful, right? You can still get your guy, especially in a draft like this where we're seeing running backs go in the first round for some reason. We're seeing all these players go off the board. So hopefully who you were targeting is there's got to be a multitude of options and there's still going to be some at the top of the second round. So if you're giving yourself more uh, picks, more bites at the apple, if you want to say it that way, it's it's just a good look for them and it looks makes them look like they know what they're doing and I'm sure they do know what they're doing. But when you do this, you're like, oh, we knew all along. How many running backs went before wide receivers? What, two? Two. That's, a, that's pretty that – In 2023. In 2023. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and before a tight end class, it was considered very good. So uh, running backs over pass catchers, um, our friend Pete Prisco won't like oh, that Oh, he's already <laughs> a buzz so, on Twitter. Um, I, I think tomorrow will be fascinating or, or today will be fascinating – as we talked about a little earlier, JP, they now have that th- three-pick cluster in the fourth round. That's uh, between 120 and 130, I think. I think they have three picks there. Um, how aggressive will they try to be with those picks to try to get up from 56 tomorrow and get a player that is perhaps sliding? And, you know, I, I, that will be the storyline to me in the second round. How quickly and how how far they can move up? We'll see if they even want to. They, well, I mean, they can't pick twelve, right? That's going to be a well, lot. They could, but a lot of new, they can pay lot twelve. Of first of all, That's, that would be a lot of new faces in here. That'd be a long Saturday as well. Yeah, I as as much as I would love a lot of third round. I mean, a lot of third day picks because I I like long Saturdays on yeah, draft day. I know day. you love that. Um, likes. It just feels to me more and more. Like there's some real aggression coming from Trent Baalke tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see. Right now they have the second round pick, 25th uh, in that round, 56th overall. Third round pick, 88th overall. Three fourth round picks, 121, 127, 130. A fifth round pick, 160. They've got three sixth round picks, 185, 202, and 208. And they've got two seventh round picks, 226 and 240. That's what's on the docket. We'll see what happens. John's favorite Saturday. Well, yeah. we'll see what happens tomorrow first. I I may announce my retirement Saturday. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> Friday highly. night. If Trent's not aggressive tomorrow, well, what would we ever do without you, John? Well, Let me tell you. I don't have an answer to that. I don't either. <laughs> we would be lost. Kai, uh, final thought. How was the first night on the stage out there? Good. It was great, other than a little inclement weather and oh, uh, all the trade drama. Uh, I th- I enjoy the trade drama, so that part was great. The weather, not so much, but. 
Duval still came out, and it was so great to see everyone. You got booed. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I expect you took it. that very, very well. They said, she took it on the chin. To, to, for reference, everyone, she, they, uh, <laughs> T-Roy comes out, introduces her. Hey, where are you from? Well, I work, I was from New England. That's where I'm from. And boo. Didn't go over well. See the, New England. The, uh, <laughs> the irony there. I get booed, and I've lived in Jacksonville all my life. Oh, okay. So, so, so it's fine. There's, there's different reasons for getting booed. <laughs> you were great. Fantastic job. It was a warm welcome. I appreciate it. Was it was awesome. That's Kai Stevens, John Osher. Our thanks to Joe Fortunato. I'm J.P. Shadrick. The Jaguars have Anton Harrison from Oklahoma to play tackle in the first round. Plenty of picks ahead. This is Jaguars Reporters Draft Edition for Thursday night. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Your teen requested a ride, but this time, not from you. It's through their Uber teen account. You probably drive your teenager around a lot. They have gymnastics club, science club, rec soccer club, school soccer club, club soccer club, and three-hour clarinet club on Saturday night. Perfect. Now, with an Uber teen account, you can be there even when you can't. It's an Uber account that allows your teen to request a ride under your supervision. They ride with a highly rated driver. And with live trip tracking, you can follow along the whole ride. Thank you. Add your teen to your Uber account today. See app for details.